Praise the Lord. So good to see you all here tonight. Amen. Wow. Tough crowd tonight. That's all right. I'm not ticklish. We're going to get through this. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I am excited tonight. God is here. Amen. And that's the only real reason to be excited. That God is here. And He can do anything He wants to do. Anything we need done. He can take care of that for us tonight. Amen. Let's all stand. We have been given an awesome opportunity tonight. And I pray that each of us would avail ourselves of that this evening. To enter into the presence of God. To touch Him. To be touched by Him. To hear His voice. Amen. To receive of Him everything that we have need of tonight. Amen. Let's call out on His name. And let's do exactly that tonight. Lord Jesus, You're an awesome God. We worship and we praise our Creator tonight. We give glory and honor unto the Most High God. Thank You, Jesus, for Your manifest presence here tonight. Here in this place. Here in this time. You are here. We are here in Your presence. We are here gathered together as one body, entering into the presence of Almighty God to receive of You Your good things. Help us, Lord Jesus, in return to minister unto You with our worship and praise and giving of thanks for all that You have done. And because of who You are, You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We heap glory and honor unto the Lord God on high, the God of all creation. We worship You. We praise You tonight. And we thank You for all that will transpire here because that You are here because Your presence is in this place. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus, for what we are to receive here tonight. Let Your name be glorified in our midst, we pray. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship You. We give glory and honor unto the Most High God, the only true, wise, living God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We delight to praise You. We rejoice to worship You in this place tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We serve an awesome God, folks. Praise God. We can delight ourselves in Him tonight. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated tonight. Since I couldn't make up my mind, we're going to have two Scripture verses tonight. Because they're both awesome. Amen. <laughs> so, first one is Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And then we'll also read Isaiah chapter 52, verses 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 1, 6 and 8, and then Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 1 and 2. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 1 starts off in verse 6 by saying this, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, and in the vale, and in the south and by the seaside to the land of the Canaanites, 
and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. And Isaiah 52, 1 and 2 says this, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come into, into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise, sit down, O Jerusalem, loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Amen. And we'll speak on this topic, your possession. Your possession. I made this announcement uh, last service. I recently obtained full-time employment at Quick Trip. Uh, they gave me an offer, and they gave me a start date. Yay! Amen. Now, the reason I bring that up again is because as of right now today, they're not expecting anything from me. Does that make sense? They're not expecting me to show up to work yet. And likewise, I'm not expecting anything from them. I'm not expecting a paycheck. There's no expectation on either side. But after May 9th, that's my start date, after that, there's going to be some expectations. They have offered me a position. They've given me a job. And I accepted the position. So now there's going to be some expectations on both sides. I'm supposed to show up when I'm scheduled. I'm supposed to show up on time when I'm scheduled. I'm supposed to do my job when I'm there. And in return, I'm expecting a few things. I'm expecting a paycheck. I hear it's a great company to work for, but not that great. I still want to get paid. So there's, there's some expectations on both sides. And although they have, they have given me this position, it's now my job. It's not someone else's job. Right now, someone else is doing it. Not right now. Tomorrow... Someone else will be doing the job that I will be doing, but not today. Once I start there, I'm expected to take ownership of that. They have given me a position. They're expecting me to own that position, to take ownership, to take responsibility for it. If things go well, that's my responsibility. I get the praise for it. Well done. You're doing a great job. If it's not going so well, then I get to take responsibility for that too. You need to step it up. This is your first warning. They're not going to give somebody else a warning because I didn't do my job. And theoretically anyway, no one else will get the praise for a good job that I did. It's my job. It's my responsibility. That's why I'm there. Okay, so why are we talking about this? 
There are some things that God has given to us. And we are to possess them. We are to take ownership of them. They weren't ours initially. They weren't. They were God's. And God has given these things to us. He's given us them for a reason. Because we are to accomplish something with them. If we can say it in these terms, He's given us a job, a position, responsibilities that He wants us to take care of. Of course, commensurate to that, He's also giving us an equal amount of authority to discharge faithfully the responsibilities He's given us. If I don't have the authority to do something, I can't really be responsible for it either. Now remember, we're talking about transformation. God desires that each of His people be transformed and start to act like He acts. Think like He thinks. We are to become, each of us, effectual ministers and ambassadors who accurately reflect Jesus Christ. Who effectually represent Jesus Christ to this world. Demonstrating who He is. So what has God given us? That's a great question and I'm glad you asked it. Because we're going to spend a good amount of time answering that. Turns out, He's given us quite a bit of things. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The first thing He's given us is a new nature. Before we came to Him, we were children of wrath, children of disobedience. We were in rebellion against God and against God's laws. Because that's who we were. But not today. He has given us a new nature. One that portrays His character. His characteristics. The reason that we are to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit is because that's who we are now. We have a new nature. And His Spirit resides within us. And if that be true, if we have a new nature and His Spirit resides within us, then we ought to start reflecting His characteristics. Not the works of the flesh. Because that's not who we are anymore. Amen. He has given us a new nature. And we are to take ownership of that. Romans 8, 15 and 16 says, "Ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Another thing He's given us is His name. He has adopted us into His family. We talked about this on Sunday. We have His name. We are a part of His family. We are sons and daughters. We are not orphans anymore. We have a home. We have a family. We have a father. Amen. He's given us His name. And because we have His name, we have legal power of attorney. We'll get more into this in a moment. 
I can sign checks with that name. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. And I am to take ownership of that. I am to use that for His purpose, for His glory. And I am now officially ahead of myself. So here we go. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says, "...in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of His glory." He's given us His Spirit. He's given us a new nature. He's given us His name. He's given us His Spirit, which is the earnest of our inheritance. It's the down payment. The fullness is yet to come. Praise God. 1 Thessalonians 2, 2-4 says, But even after that we have suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. He has entrusted us with the very Word of God. He's entrusted us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've said this before, but we are made repositories of His truth. We possess the Word of God. God has given us revelation as to its meaning, its contents. In fact, we are to know it. We are commanded to study it. Study to show thyselves approved of God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We are commanded to study it. We are commanded to know it. Not only... We don't just have the opportunity to which would be mind-blowing in and of itself. You know, in medieval times, in the the Roman Catholic Church, that system, the Bible was chained to the pulpit. And why was that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because if the common guy got a hold of truth, their whole system would fall apart. And so only the priest was authorized to interpret Scripture to the masses. That was never God's plan. That was never God's will. Everyone is to know Scripture. Everyone is to possess the Word of God. It has been given to His people. In the Old Testament, it was the nation of Israel. Today, it is His church that possesses truth. Scripture, the Word of God, the Gospel of Jesus Christ. He has entrusted that to you and to me. Take ownership of that. Amen. We are responsible for that. What is the Gospel? Well, we understand the Gospel to be the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The good news. And when we incorporate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ into our lives, 
through repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we receive New Testament salvation. We enter into a covenant relationship with God. And not only that, this is probably somewhere here too, but He has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation, which is, in my mind, another term for the Gospel. God will use us to reconcile lost humanity to Himself. He will use our mouths. He will use our bodies to present the Gospel, to present an opportunity to enter into a covenant relationship. Someone came to you and told you the good news. Someone came to me and told me the good news. And then I had an opportunity to accept it or to reject it. By the glory of God, I accepted it. Praise God for that. How are we to preach the Gospel? How are we to present the Gospel? When we say, preach the Gospel, what does Scripture mean by that? I know what we mean by that. Someone stands behind a pulpit and preaches Acts 2.38. That's typically what most people think of. But is that the whole Gospel? I dare say no, it's not. Now, that's how we enter into a covenant relationship. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is, in its essence, the Gospel. Please don't misunderstand me. That's what we need to incorporate to be saved. Okay? Don't misunderstand me. But, in preaching the Gospel, there is more to it than Acts 2.38. There is more to the Gospel, there is more to preaching the Gospel than just that. I'm going to keep preaching this because I believe it to be true. And I want to see it. I want to see it so desperately. Matthew 4, 23 and 24. This is how Jesus preached the Gospel. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the Gospel of the Kingdom. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And His fame went throughout all Syria. They brought unto Him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments. Those that were possessed with devils. There are still devils today. People are possessed with devils today. People are oppressed with devils today. And we need to, we need to own that. We need to take ownership of this Gospel and utilize it to the glory of God. Those which were lunatic, those that had the palsy, and He healed them. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and say that every time you pray for someone, God's going to heal them 100%. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is this. We have authority to do that. We have authority to declare healing. That's part of the Gospel. If I am to preach the Gospel, I am to preach healing as well. I am to preach deliverance from demons as well. I am to preach deliverance from the bondage of sin as well. That's all included in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Matthew 10, 5 through 8. This is what I did. Now I want you to go and do the same. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Mark 16.20 says, And they went forth and preached everywhere the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Lord working with them and confirming the word of God with signs following. Amen. That's the full gospel of Jesus Christ as I see it in Scripture. I have not seen that a whole lot personally. Maybe you haven't either. Nevertheless, that's what I see in Scripture. So until someone can demonstrate to me otherwise, I am going to continue to preach and teach this in the hopes that we all get it, myself included. Because if I could speak freely in the house of God, you're not seeing it in my ministry either. Not yet. But I want to see it. I want to see it in your ministries. I want to see it happen. I want this to be commonplace, like it was in the first century church. This was just expected. This was just automatic. It just happens when we preach the gospel. There's, I don't know how many historical documents from Christian and non-Christian sources testifying to the fact that miracles, signs, and wonders were commonplace in the first century church. It needs to be so again. Luke 10 and 19 says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Matthew 18, 18 through 20 says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Luke 9 and 1 says, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. 1 John 4 and 4 says, Ye are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. These are things that God has given every child of God that we need to become responsible for, that we need to take ownership of. I know, I know that we have not seen a whole lot of this Overall in the United States. I understand that. Let's call that a bad tradition, shall we? 
Because it's not scriptural, folks. It just isn't scriptural. I want my experience, I want my relationship, I want my understanding to be based in the Word of God. Period. I do not want to start interpreting Scripture because of what I have experienced, what other people have experienced, what I think is true, what you believe to be true. I don't want any part of that. I want my experiences to be based in Scripture. And when there is a dichotomy, when there is... I can't think of the word. (laughs) You're taking all my words. (laughs) When they don't agree, there we go, that'll work. Then my experience is wrong. Then my understanding is wrong. Because the Word of God is never wrong. It's always right. It will always be true, and every man a liar. Period. I don't question it. I don't care if I see it with my own two eyes. If it contradicts Scripture, I got something wrong with my eye. I do have something wrong with my eyes. (laughs) So there it is. I have no problem explaining it. But Scripture is true. And if my experience is different, from what I find in Scripture, then I need to get back into Scripture. This is what I need to start experiencing. This is what you need to start experiencing. Amen. It is for every child of God. Not just Lee Stone King. Not just G.A. Mangan. It is for every child of God. You You don't fast enough. You don't pray enough to earn this. It's given through the Holy Ghost and because you have His name. The name gives authority. The Spirit gives power. Ye shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. The name of Jesus gives you authority. The Holy Ghost in you gives power. That's your qualification, friend. That's the only qualification you need. So if you have those two things... You need to take ownership of the rest of the Gospel. Deuteronomy 28 and 7 says, The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. And I could have... We could go on with another 75 verses concerning this topic. But He has given us power and authority over all the power of the enemy. That's another thing He's given us. And we need to be responsible for it. He's given that to us for a reason. Not because it's cool whenever it does seem to happen. It's not a gimmick. It's not a freak sideshow spectacle. It's given for a reason. It's given to give glory to God. It's given to demonstrate to this world that God still intervenes in the affairs of men. He's still on the throne, folks. 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20 says that all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. There it is. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. 
Now that we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. We talked about this a little bit ago. Be ye reconciled to God. Okay, so he's given unto us the ministry of reconciliation, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. God reconciling lost humanity to himself through you and through me. What an awesome opportunity. What a great privilege and honor God has given us that he has included us in this work. He could have just done it all himself. Set us to the side. We're good to go. But he doesn't do that. He includes us in the work. I think that's... That overwhelms me. He has given us an ambassadorship. Authority to operate in His stead. Or in His name. We are to be ambassadors. Effectual ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Demonstrating who He is to this world. 1 Corinthians 12, 7-11 says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. He has given to all of us one or more gifts of the Spirit to use in His behalf for His glory. Amen. And that shouldn't be weird or strange for any one of us, that God wants to use you. God wants to use me in the gifts of the Spirit. And again, folks, you don't have to fast nine days a week for you to get the gifts of the Spirit. You don't, have to, you don't have to pray 36 hours a day to get the gifts of the Spirit. Now, if you can do that, man, that's awesome. Go, go and do great things. But I don't see that as a qualifying act that we need to accomplish for God to use us this way. It is the gift of the Spirit. When we possess the Spirit of God in us, we are to be used in this capacity. I don't know where we started thinking as a church body, as a, as a movement, that we needed to, this is for the super spiritual. I, I don't know where that came in, but somewhere it did. Because very few people are used... I mean, we get tongues and interpretation fairly regular, and I'm thankful for that. But there's other gifts of the Spirit that God wants to use us in. And we need to be used in these areas. We need to open ourselves up for God to use us in these areas. No, you're not going to live a perfect life. God still wants to use you. You mess up, repent, get back up, continue to move forward. Go ye and sin no more. But perfection was never a qualifier for any of this. 
Amen. Second Peter 1, 3 and 4 says, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Luke 15 and 31, And He said unto, the, unto him, Parable of the prodigal son, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He's given us everything we could ever need. Every physical, spiritual, emotional thing that we have need of, He provides for us. Take ownership of that. Own that. What do you mean? Let me just throw a quick example out. Self-pity. Did you know, I don't have time to get into it here tonight, but did you know that when you start talking to yourself like, I'm a dirty, rotten loser. I'll never amount to anything. I'm a failure. Did you know that you are imposing on yourself a curse? That is a self-imposed curse on your life. There's no way He made you that way. There's no way that's the will of God. Now you may feel like that. I'm not saying those feelings are false. You probably do feel like that from time to time. But they're wrong. They're valid, but they're wrong. When your feelings contradict Scripture, those are wrong too. Don't follow your heart. Don't be your best self. Adhere to Scripture. What does Scripture say about me? We'll get into that in just a little bit as well. How does God see you? We'll find that out too. Because sometimes we don't see ourselves in the proper light. Sometimes we see ourselves at our worst. And we start thinking that's who we are. You ever hear the expression, failure is an event, not a person? That applies to everything else. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall from time to time. You're going to say dumb things. You're going to do dumb things. Why? Because you're human. Welcome to the human race, friend. That's what we do. That's what the guy and the girl next to you does too. So don't let them tell you any different. Amen. And that's what this guy does. The only one perfect is Jesus Christ. But that's why we want transformation. That's why we want Him to come in and transform us. I don't want to be this guy. I want to be like Jesus. That's who I want to be. That's who you want to be. Amen. So let Him do that. Let Him do that. He's given us everything we could ever need. When you start indulging in self-pity, you're not accessing those things that you have need of. 
You're letting the enemy talk to you and you're buying what he's saying over what Scripture says. Psalm 90 and 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. James 4.14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Colossians 4 and 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Ephesians 5.15 and 16 says, See ye then, I'll see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Something else He has given us is whatever time we have left down here to serve Him. Whatever that time may be. Now, I know there are some sitting here thinking, well, my time is just about done. I'm just, uh, I mean, I've done a lot. God has done a lot through me. And I say that very seriously because a lot of you sitting here, that's true. God has done a lot through you. You've done a lot. You've sacrificed. Amen. I know, I know, I know. That's not why we do it. Okay? I understand all of that. But I don't mind giving honor where honor is due. I don't. I'll honor my brother and my sister all day long. You were in the trenches before I even came into this thing. God bless each and every one of you for your service to the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Someone still has to say yes to God. I know God works through us. He gives us uh, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. But at the end of the day, God's waiting on me to say yes. He's waiting on you to say yes. A lot of people don't. Those that do, I honor them. I give credit to them. I reverence them. Amen. But we're still here. We're still here. And if we look at it from the spiritual perspective, we all of us have the exact same amount of time left, don't we? We all have eternity. Our time down here will end at different times, should the Lord tarry. But we're all going to live forever somewhere. We all have the same amount of time. Forever. But down here, we understand that the past, as glorious as it may have been, is gone. The past, as horrible as it may have been, is gone. It's done. It's written in stone. There's no changing the past, whatever it was. I have right now, and moment by moment, decision by decision, I am building in this moment my future. My future is determined right now. By everything I do, Everything I decide, every action I take, my future is being determined for me. What kind of future do I want? How long do I have? We have no idea, do we? You guys could last another 40 years and I die in traffic tonight. Could happen. It could happen. 
Jesus is powerful. <laughs> Lord Terry's, I'm gonna I'm gonna be here for another ninety five years. Jesus' name. <laughs> I hope not. <clears throat> but how we conduct ourselves here today, that qualifies us for our eternity. That qualifies us for positions in His kingdom. We've got to take ownership of now. We've got to be responsible for today. Amen. And we cannot afford to be stuck in the past. Good, bad, or indifferent. The past is done. There is no sadder situation in my mind. There is no sadder scenario than someone who is trying to relive their glory days 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years later because, because that's all they have. God wants to do something in you today. God wants to do something miraculous through you today. Today. Every day should be a miraculous event for the child of God. Every day should be wonderful, better than it was yesterday. It really should be. Because God is infinite. There's no getting to the point where He's tapped out. This is the best I can do. Now, He can keep doubling and doubling and doubling for infinity. As long as you're alive, as long as I'm alive down here, He can keep doubling every day. So there's no limits on what God can do. What does God want to do through you? That's all, that's all we need to determine. What can He do? He can do anything He wants to do. We understand that. What does He want to do? That's where we need to start convincing. Getting convinced of what Scripture says. God wants to do amazing things through you. He wants to. He desperately wants to. You and I are the only ones... We're the only ones in the way of that happening. Nothing wrong with the Word of God. Nothing wrong with Jesus. There's only one element left, and that's me. We should expect to see and to experience new and ever greater things in God. Jeremiah 29.11 says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Deuteronomy 3 and 24 says, O Lord God, Thou hast begun to show Thy servant Thy greatness and Thy mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to Thy works and according to Thy might? This is Deuteronomy. What, what, at this point, what had God done for the nation of Israel? All kinds of stuff. They'd, they'd come through all of it. God had fought for them. God had delivered them through great terrors and signs and wonders, a stretched out arm. 
He's fought for them at this point. And Moses is saying, Thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness. He's just getting started here. How great does God want to demonstrate Himself as in your life? The only thing, the only thing that needs to happen is we need to become convinced of that. We need to start living and walking as if that were true. That God wants to use us like that. God wants to use me. Not, not us. God didn't die for us. God doesn't love us. He loves you. He died for individuals. He wants a relationship with individuals. You. Me. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. Just as much as he uses Lee Stone King, just as much as he uses Anthony Mangan, just as much as he uses anyone else, he doesn't love them any more than he loves you. He doesn't have any special plans for them above what he has for you. Different ministries, perhaps, but he wants to use you just as powerfully, just as mightily as he uses anyone else. All right, so how does God see me? Psalm 139.14 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Does God make mistakes in anything that He does? You don't have to answer this, but how many times have you thought to yourself, well, He made one when He made me? Folks, I, I get where... I've done it. I get where people are coming from when they say that, but folks, have a care. God doesn't make mistakes. He does not make mistakes. You are not a mistake. You're here on purpose. You have the personality you do on purpose. <laughs> Psalm 8, 4-6 through six says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the Son of Man, that Thou visitest Him. For Thou hast made Him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned Him with glory and honor. Thou madest Him to have dominion over the works of Thy hands. Thou hast put all things under His feet. What station did He create you to inhabit? Beggar. Pauper. Loser. Absolutely not. You have a high office, friend. God created you to inhabit a very high office. Start living like it. Start walking as according to that truth. And it is truth. Zechariah 2 and 8, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, After the glory hath He sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. 
He is very jealous for you. Very jealous for you. He fights for you. When someone comes against you, that rankles his skin. That rubs his rhubarb. Absolutely. Absolutely. He doesn't put up with it. He'll come running. He that toucheth you, toucheth the apple of his eye. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. A chosen generation. Who chose us? Jesus chose us. Who gave us a royal priesthood? Jesus did. He chose you individually. He chose you by name. He called you by name into a relationship with Him. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Whenever you're in need of anything, whenever you need help, whenever you need strength or encouragement, whenever you need defense or protection, provision, He's right there to provide it for you. Why? He's under no obligation except that He loves you. And because He loves you, He entered into a covenant relationship with you. He's under obligation in that sense. But He was under no obligation to enter into that covenant. He chose to. He chose to love you and me. Romans 5 and 8 says, God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And as long as I live, I will never stop being amazed at the fact that the God of all creation wrapped Himself in flesh, hung on a cross in my place, suffered he stood between me and the judgment of God and he absorbed all of it he took every bit of it for me I don't care what else you say that right there is enough for me That right there is good. I'm good. I'm going to serve Him with my life as long as He'll have me. Because He did that for me. While I hated Him, while I was in rebellion against Him, while I mocked Him, made jokes about Him, 
did all kinds of vile evil. He loved me. And He died for me. What God has given to us, He makes us responsible for. Just like a job. We've all had jobs. A lot of us have jobs. We know what that entails. Things are expected. Things are given to us so that we can take care of them. So that we can take ownership. Get those things done. Jesus Christ has given us exceeding good and precious promises. He's given us His name, a new nature, His Spirit, power and authority, an ambassadorship, ministry, the Word of God. He's given us so much. So much. I need to start doing something with that. He gave that to me for a reason. He gave it to you for a reason. And I hope you're not tempted to use this message as a source of discouragement. Because it ought to be the exact opposite. I want us all to leave here encouraged and strengthened. Why? If God hasn't used you this way, we're all just one decision away from turning that around. This is God's will, folks. This is the will of God for you to be used in this capacity. Whatever ministry God has called you to, this is the will of God for each of us. To be used in the supernatural. To be used in the miraculous. To preach the Gospel effectually. To demonstrate Jesus effectually to this world. That is the perfect will and plan of God for each and every one of us. As His children. He also wants you to know how He sees you. How He created you. And the high and lofty office He has appointed you to. Receive that appointment today. Receive it. Start living and start walking as if that were true. Because it is true. It's in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. I don't feel like it's true. I don't either. That, it doesn't matter. What I feel is absolutely irrelevant. What saith God? What saith the Scriptures? That's the only thing that's relevant to me. If you'll receive that appointment today, start walking in it. Start operating as if that were true. When a situation arises in your life, where before maybe you would have just, well, there's just one more thing piled on to everything else. Instead of, instead of doing that, see that as an opportunity to exercise those things God has given you. Exercise dominion. Power and authority. 
You have power and authority over these things in the name of Jesus. Start exercising that. Start using that. What if you... What if you start exercising this and you do it wrong? I don't care. Someone told me a long time ago, God can't steer a parked car. Just start moving forward. God will steer you. God will take care of that for you. Just start walking forward. Start doing it. Start doing something. I see this in Scripture, so I'm just going to do it. You may fall flat on your face. I don't care. God doesn't care. I don't think you will. A worst case scenario. I get egg on my face. I don't care because I'm exercising what I see in the book. If I do it wrong, God will fix it. God will, God will correct me. God will help me to do it right next time. How many have heard some weird tongues and interpretations? Yeah, a lot of us probably have. Was that satanic? We're going to sit them down for six months while they sort stuff out in their life? No, of course not. Maybe they're brand new at it. They got some things to figure out. They'll get better. So will you. So will I. So I want to encourage all of us. Stretch it out a little bit. I'm going to. I'm going to start, I'm going to start doing stupid stuff. In the book. In the book. I'm serious. I'm going to start exercising this stuff. Stupid's an event, not a person. (laughs) Let's get a little crazy with this. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? God honors it and does something miraculous? Praise God. I'm I'm going to start acting as if this stuff is true. Praise God. Yeah, I believe it is true. It's in the book. It's got to be true. Let's see what God will do. Again, folks, this is this is the end times. We're at the end. This is this is going to wrap up pretty soon. Let's go out with a bang, shall we? Let's leave it all on the field. I want to be running full steam ahead when those gates open up in front of me. I don't want to be crawling, creepy, sneaking on through. Praise God. All right, let's all stand. You get the message. Jesus, I'm so thankful for you. I give glory and honor unto your excellence, your majesty, your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am so thankful 
to be called a child of God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to receive this, these truths. Help us to walk in the fullness of truth, not just partial truth, not just those truths that we can understand or put into a box and explain, but help us to start walking in every truth we find in Scripture. Help us to start preaching and teaching the full gospel of Jesus Christ as You have presented it to us, as You have demonstrated it to us. Help us to go out and do likewise. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name for each person here, for each person within the sound of my voice, those joining us online, that You would put in us a spirit of holy boldness, that You would give us a fearlessness, even a recklessness of faith, that we would seek to demonstrate the power and authority of Almighty God in this economy, seek to represent You effectually in this world. I pray, O oh God, that You would use us mightily as we stretch and as we grow and as we, as we begin to build our faith in these, these things that we find in Scripture. Help us, Thou Most High God, to continue to move forward in You. And I pray, God, that You would use us mightily, that You would bless the Word of God as it goes forth, that You would confirm Your Word, as You said, with signs following. I pray, Lord, above all else, that Your great and precious name would be glorified in our midst. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, let's, maybe we should pray for our, our ladies. Let's pray for our ladies. I was going to mention it the, this morning uh, when I got up, but I didn't. Uh, our ladies are going to ladies' retreat. Amen. Praise God. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Amen. I look forward to men's retreat. So let's pray. Let's pray for our ladies. That God blesses them. God anoints them. God gives them rest and refreshing. Amen. Lord Jesus, we pray for our ladies, those that are going, those that, for whatever reason, are not able to go. I pray for them as well. Lord Jesus, that You would move on them that You would begin to speak with them, continue to speak with them, draw them nigh unto You this week. I pray, O oh God, that the messages, that You would anoint Your servants with the right words, the right messages. I pray, God, that our ladies would receive the Word of Truth, that they would receive truth as You speak it to them. Hallelujah, Jesus, that Your name would be glorified in and through them. I pray, O oh God, for this meeting that You would bind our ladies together as one. Give them a spirit of rest, a spirit of refreshing, I pray, O oh God, that You would undergird them with strength this week, that You would encourage them in the Lord their God, that You would use them to do great and mighty things in You. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. You're dismissed. Uh, we're still having service here on Sunday, whether the ladies come back or not. We pray that they do. Please come back. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.